Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way Is Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 42. We have kind of a, a Don and Mark pod today. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of guests on and we, so we thought we'd have an episode on what it's like in the life of a hiking blogger. Yeah. Um, you know, every episode we say that we're from The Long Way's Bed and Life of Pi, but we've never really talked about that beyond just like, oh, and our blog is here and you can go and check this out. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on it in the last year review episode, but nothing kind of like what it's really like to run a hiking blog. Um, I think it's probably surprising to people how long it actually takes to do a post or especially I've gotten emails before where people are like, hi team. Because they assume there's more <laughs> yeah. that goes on behind the scenes, so it's it's interesting, um, yeah, getting people's takes on what they think goes into a hiking blog. So I guess we'd better discuss the realities of it, um, yeah, because it is quite an involved life, mm, for sure. So we'll start with the easy one. Um, what is your website provider, and what do you think of that particular provider? Mm. So I use Blogspot or Blogger which is a Google product. And I did that because my first blog, The Ministry of Gluttony, which is an extinct blog, but still exists. If you want to check it out, it's there, was also on on Blogger. So I knew the platform. I knew how to set it up. But there are issues with it. It's a lot more difficult to customize. Uh, So I I have a custom design that is based on a template that I've altered dramatically over time. But the problem with Blogger is a lot of the editing has to be done in HTML and CSS. And it is so frustrating. Every time I need to add a new menu, it's all in HTML. And um, sometimes if I want to, you know, do something like take a sidebar off the page, Mm. that has to be done in code, uh, which is not the easiest when I don't really know CSS. I know HTML well enough, but CSS is a bit outside my scope Mm. yeah so i'm on wix which i was kind of like i started the website and it was mainly as like a hobby thing and then it kind of evolved into what it is now so i wasn't really thinking when i started that i was gonna have to do what i do now and you i think you once said to me that you wasn't necessarily going to be a hiking blog per se yeah it was going to be an everything blog and then i was like i don't have time for this (laughs) Um, and hiking seemed to be something i was getting into at the time so i yeah mainly focused on that yeah but wix is very uh visual based which is good for me because i hate coding Mm. um you can code if you want they've just added in like all these new options wherever you want to be a developer you can but for me it's literally i want to add a menu here drag it in customize it change the layout do whatever i want same with like photos and text and everything Mm. so it's good that way but it does have its limitations in your set by what features wix rolls out right so one thing that really really annoys me and it's kind of like the last on the list that um, they haven't quite fixed is my menus i'm allowed the top menu and the drop down and that's it yeah i, I noticed that you you can't put like multiple f- in yeah. there yeah so that really bothers me especially with the billman post because right now i've got the drop down and it's the town to town sections and you have to click and then find the one that you want and i know from a user experience point of view that's not ideal but it's like i'm limited mm. um and yeah in the past like i had previously only allowed one photo for each kind of representation for the site if you shared that link on facebook 
So if I wanted to put up a nice photo of, say, like a forest, if I was, you know, promoting a coastal hike, I couldn't do that. Right. Um, it's mainly an issue for people who were sharing my links, but yeah. Yeah, I remember there was one, it was always the same symbol of like a, a marker on a tree. Yeah, from the, the King Jarrah walk trail. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's a generic photo of a hiking symbol. I'll, I'll just put that on. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can highly recommend Wix if you want to start a website and you mm. don't want to have to deal with code. Um, it's a lot better now than what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, I I wouldn't go with Blogger. I'd go with Wix or one of the other ones that have a graphical user interface. Yeah. I think the, like there's a big market now for website providers. So there's a lot of competition and they're actually upgrading mm. um, a lot and very fast as well. Um, so we'll move on to the next kind of points why did you start you mentioned that you had a previous food blog yeah what made you decide to scale that back and start hiking well so it was a combination of two things one was i was growing very disenfranchised with food blogging because the trends were basically just bullshit stuff like putting a donut on top of a milkshake yeah or you know, there's, there's this, all this, like, grammable food that is just stupid. It doesn't really improve the thing. So that stuff was getting really annoying to me, that I could write up something that was, you know, quite crappy. And because it looked cool, you'd get a thousand reads. Mm. And then, you know, if I wanted to write a degustation that I actually really cared about, that would take me three days to write that, and you'd get, yeah, maybe 50, 60 people interested. Yeah. So that sort of pissed me off a bit. And then secondly, um, I had all these photos that I'd just been taking. And you know, I'd, I'd wanted to do something like this before where I had all these photos from about 2008, 2011, around that time frame. And then I started taking stuff around 2015 when we were doing our Bibbleman track uh, sectional into end. Mm. I thought I wanted to document it, and the idea was that I was going to do like a, you know, like a, one of those photo books and have it on the coffee table. Yeah. And then I just had these all on the computer, and I thought I probably should do something with this. Yeah. Because um, it's going to be a long time before I get a, a book worth of stuff, and that's how the blog began. Nice. And how about yourself? Um, yeah, it was kind of a, I stopped playing football during the winter, and I got kind of bored, and I really wanted like a creative outlet. So I was like, I'll create this website that, you know, movie reviews, hikes, like TV reviews. I don't know what I was going to... Your one day of detox. Yeah, my one day of detox. Um, someone looked at that today. I was <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, yeah, and so I, and I was really getting back into hiking as well. And I was just trying to search the internet. And there's just no information. Like the Numbat Trail... Well, actually, the number track back then before I've accidentally changed it. <laughs> um, that had like two photos, and it was yeah. kind of a rough. It's in Gijigan up somewhere, and that was it. So I was like, you know what? I'll create a website and I'll try and do what Trails WA I think set out to be, but has kind of got lost along the way. They had more quantity than quality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just really wanted that as a as a creative outlet, and I always enjoyed photography. So. I just wanted somewhere to, to share my, my journals and my experiences. Mm. It's kind of morphed from that. Yeah. Because I, I know certainly exactly what you're saying, that prior to the life of Pi and to a, to an extent when Trails WA went from being top trails, 
before that, if you wanted to find walks, because I remember looking around 2008, 2009, mm. and you'd had to call the um, the local uh, DBCA or yeah. uh, depot officers or calm officers as they were, <laughs> yeah. and you'd have to ask them, oh, is there any walks in your area? And they maybe might help you. They sometimes didn't. And you'd find some information or maybe the local tourism pages, but it would just be like one sentence, like King Jarrah Track, a 10-kilometer walk in the forest. Yeah. Great. You've told me nothing. Yeah. Don't um, know where, where does it start, what's the grade, what to expect, that kind of thing. I think it was. it's still kind of like that. Yeah. Um, especially in like the far reaches of like the southwest or the the wheat belt area yeah you just don't know what's out there and you're like you'll arrive at a place by accident you'll be like oh the cool there's walk trails around here because i can see a sign or you know i'm in a shop somewhere and i find a leaflet that has walk trails on it yep it's just yeah that's that's why kind of the main reason i started mainly focusing on hiking is Mm. just lack of information yeah Okay, so now that we've got kind of the blog established, uh, what's your process? So starting from selecting a walk through to going on the walk and then the, the work afterwards. So I guess, you know, I'm always on the lookout for walks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a constant, you know, there's, it, it started with generally with spreadsheets. I'll just write lists mm. and then it's become calendar spreadsheets where there's the, these are the days that we're going to do them. So it was basically just a, working through the list to begin with and it started off with the Bibbleman, but then I thought, oh, why not try other things? And it, it really, the reason why it became more than just a Bibbleman was because I went over to New South Wales and we went to the Blue Mountains and I did a walk there and I photographed the whole walk and I thought, gee, well, I should be doing this with the day walks in Perth as well. Mm. And then I started, you know, having this backlog of all these these uh, photos. So the process, I guess, is it starts from that. And then I try to have, you know, I try to think about what time of year things are. Walks that are not going to be that much greater in spring or do in autumn. Mm. Um, but I try to save stuff for like the busy period, which I think is like July through to October is when yeah, it's it just the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my process is really I try to do a, a walk every weekend if I can. And then I try to use some, like if we have a holiday or something like that, to just get heaps of trails in there. And that's generally like a multi-day or... Uh, trip like going to Esperance and doing all the walks in the area, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I try to publish uh, twice a week, and I try to do my photo editing so that I do the photo editing for the next week's photos. And then when I fly back and forth from Melbourne to and from Melbourne, I write on the plane either there or back. And that can be very tiring. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> we've had, had conversations before where you're like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. Especially because I think, uh, you know, my the way that my posts are is very much the amount of photos I put in there is how long the writing will be because I'm, I'm basically responding to the photo as a narrative. Yeah. So when I have one which is like 50 photos... I go, oh, crap, this is not going to be written on a plane in yeah. one go. I'm going to have to write some of this during the week. Yeah. And I think you've gone into quite oh, a lot God. of photos <laughs> recently. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in a future question, but it's kind of 
I've gone too far into the uh, the photo journal aspect of it. <laughs> so some of my posts are now upward of I'll sit there and edit 150, 200 photos. Um, I'm halfway through day two of my recent trip and I'm up to 70 photos and I'm at the halfway point of a pretty like average day and I've got like the best bit of the day to come up. So yeah, um, but much like yourself, I've I started off with just with a um, notepad document mm-hmm. and I just listed all these hikes. As soon as I'd hear about one, I'd put it into a you know a different column and that's still actually I still refer to that. It's on my work computer. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear of a hike, I put it on there and I'll come back to it. And now I've gotten to the more sophisticated. I've got a calendar in a spreadsheet and I plan. You know, this would be nice to do this hike in this time and. Yeah, it's a complicated process and requires a lot of like adjusting mid-year and depending on the weather conditions and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're much like yourself. I'm trying to do it in the best time to showcase that walk. Um, but then sometimes you can't avoid that. Like if you're going to Esperance over Easter, you're mm. not going to get the amazing wildflowers um, that that area is famous for. But yeah, it's just, it's a process that you've kind of, I've nailed down over the years as you go to the walk, you take all the photos and I like to do, edit the photos first, which mm. is now a two-stage process as I select the ones I want to edit based off the raw images and then I process them. Same, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the, yeah, the photos that you can look back on and be like, oh yeah, I remember that because sometimes you're doing it three, four weeks after you've actually visited. Yeah. So it's good to have that visual reminder of what went on um, and in some cases you're doing it a year after <laughs> in the case of when you think that you haven't backed up photos from a Billman trip oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a tough one but then like I've got a pretty good memory anyway mm. um, so I'd be able to kind of remember most hikes off yeah. the top of my head I think because you know that you're going to ride it you're thinking about it as you're walking because mm. Alyssa and I do walks and she has no memory about certain things and she's amazed that I remember it but yeah. I think you know as I'm walking I'm thinking about how I'm going to actually ride it yeah um, so that kind of leads into a next question and that's how has having a hiking blog changed you as a hiker because mm. you mentioned like you're walking the trails trying to remember are you also taking photos thinking of the blog and the the presentation yeah i am piece yeah yeah for sure you know i'm thinking about how i'm going to tell the narrative of the walk with the photos and as you say like it does change what i i do because i think the big ticket stuff like going to tasmania doing the overland or frenchman's or walls of jerusalem that kind of thing or cape to cape here they're things I would have done anyway because they're interest to me and they're they're the big ticket trips that, you know, I do maybe every quarter or every half a year. Mm. But the day to day is where I think things are different because you know, I'm I'm not someone who you know, there are some hikers who just do the same track again and again and again and they love it mm. and power to them, but I'm not that kind of a person. But then on the other hand, I probably wouldn't do a new walk every other week or every week which is what happens in in winter where it's just basically just looking for new walks and it's content driven in a lot of ways yeah i understand how about yourself yeah same i've just recently started thinking when i'm taking my photos like what content do i want to put up like what 
will make this trail look its best mm. and what photos can I take and along your favourite section of road on the Billman track Marin Road I was thinking I can't like it's a what is it a seven and a half kilometre stretch of road I can't just have here's a shot of a four wheel drive track with trees and here's one with some stunted trees and here's one with sand <laughs> so I was like what can I find on and off the trail that will provide some interest and I think I'll get the balance pretty pretty right I haven't edited them up yet but there was yeah. lots to keep my interest and like even some of the Shire Kalamunda walks, you're thinking, why are people coming to them and why do you want people to come to them? Um, so sometimes it's not about those big wow moments because you're going to get that anyway. Like you read up on certain hikes and you know what to expect. But sometimes you can get that different angle and get people to appreciate a walk, not necessarily mm. for a big view or something like that. It's, you know, what you're looking for in, yeah. in a hike. Can I say that... Mm. On your blog, I feel that you capture um, a certain regard for the Jarrah Forest that I don't have. <laughs> like, I think you look at my Jarrah Forest photos, and they're very matter-of-fact. Yeah. Where with Wondu or Carrie, you know, I'll have a nice photo. But yeah. Jarrah's just like, nah, I don't care. Just boom, this is it. Mm. Whereas I think that you... You can see the difference between you and I in that. Like, I can see that when you photograph the Jarrah Forest, there's a bit of love there. <laughs> there is, because you, you have to appreciate what's there. And like, it's I started off hiking in Jarrah, and yep. it has it is the main tree that you'll see in the Darling Range. So if you're just going for a normal day hike on the weekend, you're not traveling, it's what you're going to come across. So yeah. I've learned to appreciate it. I've also learnt to kind of hate burnt stunted jarrah as well. I <laughs> yep. do not appreciate that. Um, but some good old growth, um, not even old growth, but just unburnt or even just mature burnt jarrah, I'm a big fan of. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, another one. What have you learned having a hiking blog? It's interesting to see what people are interested in, you know? And I think that there's a big gulf between the the two extremes of what people are interested in so a very everyday walk that anyone can do and preferably can take their dog will get a lot of hits yes and then so will something like you know a really extraordinary walk like tan shelf circuit or the worry circuit in queensland those ones get a lot of hits constantly but then so do my very much everyday kind of walks that to me are, you know, I, some of them I don't even care about. Um, I remember once being really annoyed that uh, the Palm Terrace walk, yeah. that went crazy. It was shared like 30-something or 40-something times on Facebook mm. at the time that I was going to Karajini. And then all my Karajini posts didn't do anywhere near as well. I think altogether they did maybe just as well as that one post. Yeah. And you never know. Um, so that's that's something that I find really interesting. You get a sense of what people actually want. And also I find the demographics really interesting. If you look at like your who actually reads the, the blog and on, um, on Facebook who your fans are. Hmm. And I wouldn't have thought it was so heavily slanted towards a female readership and between a certain age bracket, which is like 20 to 40. Yeah. It's weird um, that there's such a dis disparity. Mm, yeah, I understand that one. There's this because you think bushwalking, you think old man with a Nakubra and a you know 
an old school canvas backpack going off into the bush but it's it's everyday people and like it's i know women's sport is starting to get a lot more popular but mm. I mean, unless you're playing netball or something like that, there wasn't a lot of options to do like an exercise activity for, for females. So yeah. bushwalking kind of makes sense because you can get out there. It's You're out in nature. There's marked trails. It's not a physically taxing um, hobby, but at the same time, it's rewarding. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of understand that, but it was, yeah, it was a shock to see it as well on, on my part too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've actually changed so much and learned so much from having a hiking blog in kind of unexpected ways as well. Like you're talking about your Palm Terrace walk, getting all these hits, and then your Caragini post not doing well. That stuff used to really annoy me. Mm. And now I've just kind of let it go. Like if something does well, great. But if it's not, then that's fine. Like it's up there for me. Yeah. Um, and if people want to go back and look at it, it's always going to be up there. That's what I think. It's not like a a movie review or a, a topical article you're writing and no one responds to it. I think you can probably get despondent over that. But these are kind of reference articles that you know will get better over time. So yeah, that doesn't bother me. And I've kind of learned to not be driven by the kind of dopamine, social media, like, like. Yeah culture that we have now yeah i think we we talked about this last year at our end of year sort of wrap up about how i think we were both probably doing you do things sometimes for the blog and you go like oh this walk will definitely get me mm. reads and it's a walk that i just don't care about and i think i've certainly this year kind of stuck to that in that i've only really done walks that i've wanted to do mm. and even though there might be something that will get all those hits I don't care you know like I'll do an off track walk through Wandu Forest because that's what I want to do yeah and I kind of like I did the recently the the trailer I named the Golden Helena Valley Loop because I knew A it's going to get a lot of hits but B it's also a very nice walk that I think should exist in the area mm. and I even up, um, updated my Delta South Ledge because that gets a lot of hits and people they think maybe that's the only option, but you have to present them with something else that's like, hey, this is what it could be and yeah. show them that, you know, there's more out there than just these Shire of Kalamunda four-wheel drive track kind yeah. of walks. I think there's a big story about WA hiking that I sort of learned last year was that coming back from Queensland, I was just really, you know, disinterested about hiking in WA because I felt it was so ordinary. But if you look beyond what's what's there mm. like you've done with this walk there are all these opportunities there that are just not taken up and that's that's the big thing to me is i see potential i don't see a lack of potential there mm. and that's something that i wouldn't know that if i didn't have a blog because i wouldn't be looking as hard yeah yeah and no, i fully understand uh, and one point i wanted to raise um especially with what i've learned is the photography aspect Mm. like having a blog gives you this avenue to constantly self-improve and i'll admit like my photos from the very first couple of years maybe stretching into the first three or four years weren't great at all they weren't even really good and now that i'm always looking for improvement and i'm like i see what i see when i go hiking 
I want that to be on the screen and mm. shown to everyone. Um, so I think like watching YouTube videos, reading tutorials, um, just trying to improve photography just in general. And I'd like to think that I'm a better photographer than I would be if I didn't have this hiking blog. Yeah, because you're constantly practicing, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I first got into it when I was in uni and I bought a camera, but I kind of shot something every now and then and that was about it. Whereas now you're shooting all the time, pretty much every weekend. Hmm. And you're constantly looking for like a new technique or a a better way of doing it or a better way of editing. And like I, I'm pretty happy with where I am now, but it's a lifelong thing. Like I'll always be improving. Yeah. And this yeah. gives you a good avenue, as I said. For sure. Now you touched on uh, kind of doing hikes that you know will get clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to expand a little bit on kind of hiking for demand for the website versus your own personal use? Yeah, so hmm, I guess for me, especially once it was past the first maybe year and a half, the question kind of becomes what now, right? Because mm. you've done, you know, you've done Wally Younger, you've done John Forrest, you've done kitty's gorge and serpentine you've done numbat track or trail whichever mm -hmm. you prefer and then you're starting to go to the obscurities you're going okay what now so shire of kalamunda walks and we'll do an episode on shire of kalamunda and the walks there are so varied from outstanding to really crap channel 10 tower yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess when when i write up something like the Palm Terrace Walk or, you know, Whistlepipe Gully, you know you're going to get a lot of hits for it. You know it's what people, they don't have to travel very far. It's low maintenance. It's pretty easy. You can do it in a day. You can do it in a few hours even. It's, it's not going to be something that people have to work for. But if you write up something like an off-track walk in the middle of nowhere that uses, you know, you have to subscribe to Walk GPS to use... Mm that's not something that everyone wants to do or even you know going to cape range and going to ningaloo and riding up a walk there like the bajirajira now that yeah. did quite well but again i think that's because it's it's a uh, extraordinary rather than everyday walk yeah and that i think has this there's a big gulf there where people are not really interested in in pushing it a bit further so i think for a long time, I found that my Southwest posts were much less read than the city ones. But I find that the Southwest ones have a longer sustained readership, which is interesting um, because I think people just want to find something near Perth. So, you know, that was something that drove me early on. But now I just like, if it's if it's a good walk, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, same. Because like, like you said, after a year and a half, you're kind of running out of like big ticket posts to do. Mm. So you kind of like, I can, I have posts that I could do that I know would be easy wins, but I'm just like, you know what, I, I will save those maybe for later when they're in their best time. And then sometimes I just don't even get to them. Like the, you could quite easily do the railway heritage trail, the yeah. 40, 42 kilometer one. And people would love that because you'd have your cover shot of the Swan Tunnel. Yep. And, you know, you'd get a million hits, but 
it's not something that I really want to do. I've cycled it a couple of times. I just think it would be an epically boring walk because yeah. I've also done it on the Oxfam. <laughs> it's yeah. not that interesting. Yeah, I've walked it a few times. I wouldn't walk it again. <laughs> mm. And same with the kept track. Like The kept track's been on my radar since I first started. Mm. But logistically, it's a pain. It's not a going to be a great walk, I don't think. And mm. so it's just it keeps getting left off for better walks or... Even though, the billman. even though we both had questions about it. Yeah. But it's like, I can't really recommend it, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another thing with like the billman is sometimes I think our main demographic aren't terribly knowledgeable about the billman. Mm. So if they see billman track like Northcliffe to Gardner or, you know, Tom Road to Boarding House, like that's just names to them. They don't pick where that would be and what kind of experiences yeah you could get down there so i think day walks definitely are big winners and Mm. especially close to perth but everything else you kind of do for your own pleasure and i guess that's kind of why we started anyway yeah exactly you know i think um we've both talked about it like the it's uh you get a real great kick sometimes just reading about something you did two years ago Mm. and just having this this log of your memories that is you know more permanent than your memory is (laughs) Mm. And on that, do you still write the same way that you do before? Or now that you have such a large fan base, do you write (laughs) for them or do you still write for yourself? I still write for myself, I think. You know, at the end of the day, it's for me. But I think initially I was writing in a much more matter-of-fact fashion, whereas now there's a lot more, I guess, of my own opinion more i guess a bit more flair to it than just like and then you did this and then we did this and and yes you know like the whole idea you know what i wanted with the blog was for people to be able to read it and get a sense of what walking it is like so that's that's why i'm really passionate about saying if a walk is boring it's boring Mm. because i want people to know what the experience is not just the that it exists um, and I'm not trying to write track notes, but I think at the start there was that sort of question is, am I writing track notes? Am I, and I've gone off the track notes thing. Sometimes I'll say, yes, you have to turn this way at the junction. Yeah. But that's not the aim. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, same. Like I'll put in if there's a difficult spot, this is where you should go and try and link it to the photos. But I've always kind of had this, this is what I'm doing at this time of my life kind of approach to it. Hmm. And a lot of the pages, especially the ones I've gone back and changed the photos, like Bluff Knoll, like if you read what I've written, it doesn't really match up to the photos. Cause I'm <laughs> I remember them. your original photos. Yeah. Like so, the one with the tree that you said, like, life, but not as we know it. Yeah. So I've still, <laughs> I actually just recently did that page again <laughs> and I kept that photo in. But yeah, like it's, I struggled all the way up to the top with no visibility, but then you look at the photos and it's perfect visibility <laughs> and nice clouds and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I still in, try and include things that are relevant to my life that will, if I read them back, will ping me and get me back into that headspace. Yeah. So prime example is Bald Head. Um, that was a really, really nice road trip for me because I had a nice Airbnb and 
it was the NBA finals at the same at the time and it was you know the brand new Golden State Warriors are in there for the first time and I remember watching that game and cooking up bacon and eggs in the morning having a really good time and then going off to do the bald head and it was a really great day and I like every time I read that post again I have that little snippet and I can remember back to that time and what mm. I was doing so I like to include that stuff even though it doesn't really relate to anyone else as they're reading it but you know I kind of it would be very boring reading turn left turn right go uphill that kind of stuff and I don't yeah. enjoy reading those blogs myself so I'd like to think people enjoy reading kind of about what you were going through at the time yeah for sure it's I think you know and I one of the things that I think is is um a great secret weapon for me is Alyssa because she provides a lot of comic relief. Yeah. At, not not ri- not all the time, but when she does, it's gold. It is. <laughs> like falling into the puddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just those photos that you capture of her when she's got that look on her face, like I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's real. That's not that's not playing. She's yeah. serious. <laughs> and I guess kind of in a way, we are now kind of like comic book characters of ourselves, and we have these people that we bring in like we've got i've got aaron who sometimes appears and karis comes with me on hikes and yeah it's 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 fun for people i think to um yeah relate to those people yeah for sure all right now in terms of website design if you had to if you could stop the clock didn't have any functional limitations with your provider how would you change your website Mm. I've thought about this a lot recently because I recently changed my um, The Long Ways Better font and it was something that I came up with on the plane a few weeks ago but it just, the pain of having to deal with that on the blog made me just go, ah, I'll leave it for another time. So one of the things I would do immediately, I've thought a lot about this, is that I would like the top bar to be a bit narrower and then have The Long Ways Better at the very top I'm not sure how to do that just yet. Mm. So I need to work on that. Otherwise, I'm quite happy with the overall layout. There's a lot of things that I've just let slip by, and that's the main thing. Like, if I had, if I could stop time and just do all the stuff I needed to do, like the the map of hikes hasn't been updated in over a year and a half, maybe more. Yeah. I would love to update that. There's, um, there's a few other things. I'd love to be able to go through all the posts and update links so that, uh, you know, if, I, if I wrote about a, a walk that I did that maybe I didn't write up until a year later, I could have the, those links between um, a few things like that. You know, I wish I'd done an overview page for the, the hike I did in Vietnam. I didn't. I left it because I was just so sick of writing about stuff that I wanted to write about when I was in Queensland and I wanted yeah. to write about stuff I was doing now. Wish I'd done that then because I don't remember enough to write an overview without having to read stuff. So there's a few things like that um, that I'd like to do. Menu-wise, I'm quite happy with, with things. I'm, I want to change the, the de- all the day walks to be day walks Australia eventually so that the WA just goes in with everything else. Yeah. Yes, it'll be heavily weighted to WA, but I think that'll be nicer. One of the things that annoys me is that I have multi-day trails or... Yeah, you have multi-day hikes. Hikes. 
And the reason why it's it's not multi-day, well, it's either multi-day trails, multi-day hikes. It's one or the other, but there's, there's a distinction because I did some of the Bibblemanners day hikes. Mm. And that sort of frustrates me slightly because I want to change it, but then that's not true for that one. I have to put a little asterisk. And yeah. yeah, so things like that sort of I would like to fix. I'd like to be able to have a better searchable method. Yeah. Like I'd love to have a table where you could say the walks are this length, here's where they are, what kind of of things you can experience there. Kind of like, I guess, a more of a Trails WA thing, but with the depth of having a, a full write-up. Yeah. But that's a lot of work, and I don't have the skills to create that kind of database just yet. Mm. How about yourself? Yeah, very similar. So what you just mentioned there with like a searchable, I'm looking for this, here's some criteria, and then it spits out a list of trails. I'd love to do that, and it's been suggested before, but I just I can't do it. There's just no functionality for that on my website. And same with the maps. Like I have at the moment, if you're on the desktop, you can have... I think it's Perth Hikes Southwest. So I think it's all of them have a static map and an icon. But I want to be able to have a zoomable map where you can see the trail, how long it is, it's color-coded, that kind of thing. Yep. I just, yeah, unable to put that on at the moment. I need to just figure out how to have an interactive map with a third-party provider um, on each page. So that's kind of amped up that whereas before it was a static image or a couple of images actually with the elevation chart and everything. And another thing I'd like to do visually, which I'm not actually sure how I would do it or describe it, but I would like a timeline flow method to the hike. So maybe like an autoplay system where either I read out what I'm writing or you read sections and then photos pop up as you're going along the trail. Oh, that would be cool. Which I'm not sure how visually that would work because obviously it'd work great if you're on a one-way trail, but if you're on a loop, it would kind of circle around and do this weird thing. But just to be able to provide like a a more immersive experience to a website user. Um, But right now I'm pretty happy with where I am. You mentioned before like having to go back and do something you have to do it for every page Mm. and that's what the annoying thing is of having these websites of the scale that we have them now is if I want to change a menu or a font or a picture gallery type anything like that I have to do it probably upward of 200-250 times yeah at the moment and I'm still I'm actually currently right through in the middle of a, a website redesign again just with the the galleries that I have, I did them, but I didn't select the right gallery type. The margins are too thick, and when you click on them, it gives you a new web page, and I don't like that. So I've got a new format, and I've done the Billman track and a couple of other. I think Tasmania, it's all in a new format. All the squares. Yeah, all the squares, and it's a 16 by 9 format as well, so you pick up a better range of the photo, and for some reason, it maybe it's the smaller margins between them, but it looks crisper and clearer right so yeah i always refer to my website it's always in a beta format (laughs) as in it's never quite done yeah and i remember doing the the full redesign from the old black background with the white writing to now white with black and that was an effort i think i ended up doing like i don't know two to three hours a day for 
a few weeks on that. Just yeah. trying to get it into a new format. And that was from that was quite early on as well because I yeah. remember the black background yeah. website. I actually was very fond of it, and every time I look at your website, I was like, "See, it can work." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I guess that's one of the things that I I wouldn't change is that I am a disciple of the dark theme. Mm. Um, I know it's not trendy, but I think it's coming back. I think it people looks are good, really and the photos look so much better because normally you have you like very rarely do you have white as your main color in a photo so mm. it kind of gives it a border a natural border and that's what drew me to the the style originally mm. but yeah, i think now with the galleries i think that's less of an issue whereas before i had these big chunky photos you had to scroll through and i don't think it was really a good user experience for anyone right um <laughs> one question that always comes up and i've thought about it for ages and i've had um Karis's uncle quiz me on this quite a lot is monetizing the website and trying to make it not necessarily a full-time job but something that brings in revenue that justifies having it have you ever <laughs> thought about that and ways that you could potentially do that yeah um i have so i think one of the things i could do which i know that you've done is have ads on the blog i'm not so keen on that for myself but i see the appeal of it See, it would be great if people would just, if they want to use your photos, they'd just pay you, you yes. know? That that pisses me off so much when I find my photos being used all the time by people. And I've written a photographic use policy because it's happened enough times that I've said, no, this is not good enough. Mm. So that would be something that if I was going to make money from it, that would be what I would like to be able to make money from it is that if people wanted to use photos, they just pay for it. The I mean the other thing would be it would be great to be able to do a hike gratis you know like someone just goes here you go <laughs> do, yeah. just do this with you know you're a popular blog we would like to see what you think about it that would be cool mm. um, but I think that even you know except for I don't know like Carol Ryan I've not seen a lot of people do that in Australia. No. And unless they're lifestyle bloggers. Yeah. And I'm still unsure whether... She doesn't do it full-time, though, does she? No. And she's only had a few. Like, she's had the Tasmanian Walking Company, I think, do a few there. And she's I done a few other ones. I think she went to Tahiti, maybe, to promote that as well. But, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And to be honest, the ads on my website, I try and keep them minimal. So I've got a banner ad up the top, which doesn't appear on the mobile and an ad at the bottom of a page. That's yep. it. That's just, like it brings me enough revenue to pay for my hosting costs, and mm. that's it. So, I mean, I won't, I'm not allowed to tell anyone to click on my ads, but if you see something you like, <laughs> <laughs> click on it, please. Um, you'll earn me like 20 cents. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've often thought about it, and one question that always comes back to me is, do I want to make it a monetary stress on my life? Um, and in, what I mean by that is, do I want to have to have that stress in my life where it has to bring in income? Hmm. And I don't think, it, like, there's nothing you could really do that would give you a salary that we would both be on now. Hmm. Um, even selling photos, like... Yeah, I'd have to be selling a lot of photos. Yeah. And this is not the demand out there for them. Like, I think people, because they can see them online, they're like, that's cool, I can just go and look at that. And very rarely, like, I have an online store. Mm -hmm. I just don't think. 
a the pricing's not fantastic and i can't control that but yeah there's just a lot of effort goes into selling photos or canvases or even just digital prints yeah um that there's just such a saturation on the market these days that people don't really want to to pay yeah for sure especially when you can right click on something and just take it you know yeah. like and and you know i'm i know i'm not jared singh so <laughs> you know <laughs> but again like the photos like if you have a connection to a walk if you've come over to do the billman and you really enjoyed mount chance campsite like some of your photos from up there i would be like yeah that would take me back maybe mm. i'd like that framed or i'd like you know to look at that every day but i know i guess people just don't do that at all yeah yeah, yeah. and in terms of like the people paying for you to do hikes and then writing them up so i think there's a budget for it at all like mm. all the budget would go into if it's a new walk getting it created and then creating a few leaflets or a website and that's it mm. even the new um collie hike that they've just done they'll pay to build it and it'll be on trails wa with four photos but that's it yeah it'll be the likes of us that will have to come along in a couple of weeks and yes <laughs> do that and i don't know i guess that kind of comes on to the it's free advertising for the wherever we go yeah and it does it never really bothers me at all like i'm happy to go out because it's my own experiences but at the same time it'd be nice especially the wa state government to maybe provide a grant or something like that yeah i think you know i would love to be in i guess if I could make, if I could have a job in the industry, it would be in trails advocacy, because I feel like there's just not a lot of action on on doing. There's a lot of talk on strategies and things like that, but there's mm. not a lot of actual doing. Just like groundwork of getting people out there and experiencing these areas. And mm. I won't name names, but there is a not-for-profit organisation that gets a lot of funding, and they've just got a grant for the specific use of promoting outdoor trail use in western australia and i was just shocked at that i was just like how have they got it because they don't do a lot of work they don't have a high like viewership or social media reach and i was just like give that to us (laughs) (laughs) like for pretty much doing what we do like the amount of people that say oh yeah i did this hike because of you or i'm you know going to do this because i'm down in this area like mm. it's not, i mean i don't really want to sound ungrateful or that we're doing all this work for you know other people's gain but it is kind of like that like yeah. we're kind of tourist ambassadors at a very grassroots level yeah which i think can be sometimes more effective than a let's take a snap with a quokka yeah kind of campaign yeah for sure but anyway oh stop being bitter and i'll get off my high horse um let's talk about social media yeah okay <laughs> um you use certain platforms more than others and we've both discussed probably more in the last year about the challenges of social media and getting your content out there basically that's what i want to say yeah so uh, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook's algorithms are baffling at times. I they mean, they change. That's the that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's weird that we both have a, like roughly three thousand followers, 
and you'll post something and it gets like 20 reads, which fair enough, like no everyone's going to be interested in the content you post, but mm. then you look, they have a reach counter and sometimes it reaches four or 500 people and you're just like, how? Like every, <laughs> everyone should be seeing this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like I follow other pages not related to hiking and I don't see all of their content. So I can understand why. Yeah. It just gets frustrating. Yeah. I think we've had some interesting, uh, you know, I think that in Perth, it's very seasonal. Like once it gets too hot, people just don't want to go hiking. Because mm. we, we both talked about this towards the end of the year last year that just really dropped off um, in terms of readership when it was like really, for me, like I had one of my you know best months in October or September last year. Mm. And... It's interesting to see that seasonality. You can clearly see when people are ready to go out walking. Yeah. Like, look, I've recently noticed an uptick, and so have you. Oh, Easter was just nuts. Yeah. Like <laughs> 2,000 plus page views a day, just, and it was just this spike. And even like throughout winter and spring, you can see like it's dot, 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 and then Saturday, Sunday, it's just this spike yeah. as people get out, which is understandable. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting trend to, to monitor. Yeah. Um, I still think Facebook is is a better platform than the others. Like, I think I get a lot of reads from Facebook. And there's, you know, a lot of pages that share our stuff. And so that makes a difference. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, viral video that helped me get a lot of likes earlier yeah. this year. Um, so things like that are kind of cool. So I think, you know, I do, I do produce sometimes a video that's not really related to the blog, but it's from the holiday. Like I'd recently posted some to do with the gap. The gap yeah. And you know, that, that didn't go quite as crazy as the qual, but you know, it you was certainly few, popular. Cause you got to share from explore parks, WA on the Instagram stories. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did quite well. And that's kind of like the, the, what you need every now and then. Yeah. I think pe people like vid videos, you know, mm. Um, yes, <laughs> um, with regards to shares, I think it was Duck Hole Lake in Tasmania, which granted, I um, understand basically having a, an almost entirely WA following that some people might not be interested. But I think when I posted that, I had four people read it that day. <laughs> One of them was probably me. One of them was probably <laughs> you. Um, I don't think my mum reads anything I do. <laughs> but then later on, one of the Tasmanian not the official tourism account, but one that's got like, you know, 80 or 90,000 likes on it, shared it and it just went nuts. And I was just like, well, people are clearly interested in the content, but it just doesn't get out there sometimes yeah. to the right audience. Um, which again, we've discussed in relation to the WA tourism pages, there's quite a few of them and some are a lot friendlier than others. Yeah. Yeah, two in particular don't even want to know you. Actually, probably extend that to three. Yeah. Um, I'd say Coral Coast, uh, I won't say the bad ones, yeah. <laughs> but Coral Coast, I think, are the best. And I think they have the best Instagram feed as well. Mm. I think that theirs has integrity and interest. Like, they really look at everything. Um, so, we, you know, I'm a big fan of Australia's Coral Coast. I think that they do a really good job. Because, yeah, I mean, a lot of them, and that's what happens everywhere in the world, is they're interested in those wow Instagram moments. So. Yeah. Lots of drone shots, lots of van life shots. Yeah. Very grammable. Yeah. And not a lot of Very highly variation. edited, mm. like washed out skies and 
you know, bright beaches and whatnot, which kind of you understand, but at the same time, there's a big disconnect between seeing that on Instagram and visiting a place like Lucky Bay and going, it's not like that. Yeah. Like very rarely, well, not very rarely, but you'll see kangaroos on the beach, but it's not like there's, you know, mobs of them waiting to take a selfie with you. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, unless you're flying in a, a plane or a helicopter, most of the time you're not going to get to see those views. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something we've talked a lot about is the Parungarups. You know, there's always that Castle Rock photo mm. from like above. And you can't get that shot. You know, you're not going to see that. You can go to Parungarups and you will not get that view unless you're in a helicopter. Yeah. And the thing that I always take away from that hike is the ladder. Yeah. And the granite skywalk and seeing everything from there, not what it looks like from, you know, 50 meters in the air. Mm. But anyway, we've had a bit of a whinge. But, um, in, I mean, so we talked about Facebook, but Instagram, yeah. I guess, is the other platform that we both use. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I have spent some times where I've just really hit it hard. And sometimes, like recently, I've just really gone off it. Yeah. Um, and I find it just very fickle compared to Facebook. Yeah. So Instagram, I use quite heavily. Um, I have this kind of groove now where it's three posts per hike. And now I've just started getting into the galleries because it's a way to trick the algorithm because people see if they don't like it the first time, it'll click over to the second picture (laughs) and it'll show up in their feed again, um, which... You know, it's a cheap way of doing it, but at the same time, like I, if I'm doing a really nice hike and I have a hundred plus photos, picking three is not enough sometimes. Yeah, um, and it's a good way to uh, interact with your fan base as well. Whereas Facebook, unless they comment, that's about it. You don't get to see what they do. Whereas Instagram, you can follow them back and see what everyone else is doing. So I always enjoy seeing like where everyone else is hiking and. You know, seeing them get outdoors and enjoy things and visit new trails and it's just a good way of not keeping tabs but monitoring and seeing what everyone else is doing. Yeah, because I think you can interact with people as equals a bit more than Facebook whereas because it's a page, they're people and you're a page. Yeah. Yeah, they're interacting with you, you're not interacting with them. Yeah. Um, whereas Instagram, it's it's a great way of... Um, connecting with the Perth hiking community because mm. you can search hashtags and see what trails are like at the moment, see who's out there. Yeah, I, I quite enjoy Instagram as a medium. It doesn't drive much traffic to my website at all because there's no clickable links that people can feed through to, but yeah, I'm not on there for that. It's You share a few photos, you like other people's photos, you comment on them, and it's good fun. And especially... Yeah. With, with keeping tabs on the Billman and like you get into Enders and um, I've favorited the Billman track hashtag so I can see who's posting in that and you know you get to meet all kind of in, uh, you, know, you get to meet all kind of kinds of interesting people through yeah. Instagram I enjoy it and you use Twitter which I don't use I occasionally use Twitter sometimes it's great and I find the tourism accounts actually interact on twitter a lot more than they do on facebook and instagram so every time i tag the official west australian page and something they always reply and respond that's cool but in terms of traffic i'll be lucky to get one or two clicks out of twitter yeah um yeah i mainly just use it personally for different reasons other than hiking 
So, because I I use Twitter briefly as part of uh, Ministry of Gluttony, mm. and I found it so useless that when I switched over to uh, the long way is better, I just thought, nah, there's no point. Yeah, it's a very short term medium. Um, very rarely will anything appear outside of a few hours on the life cycle, so it's not great if you're trying to promote something unless you do the heavy handed you know, four or five tweets a day, which yeah. I don't like doing. Yeah. I think it's good if you're good for politics and, you know, things that are very snappy. Yeah. But otherwise, no. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I follow a lot of sports um, and Twitter's great for that because you get the instant takes and then something else happens and you've got new takes and news breaks and it's, yeah, it's a good, I describe it more of like a, a wave crashing rather mm. than you know, just floating around on the ocean. Yeah. Lots happening. Speaking of social media, uh, this one probably applies to you a bit more because you're very outspoken in some of your views. (laughs) Have you had any bad interactions through social media? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have. Um, So, I had two. Two that are are interesting. One was that I was accused of being a cyberbully for something that I didn't do and that no one I know remembers ever happening. And even though sometimes I do want to, you know, scream at people who are making really obtuse statements, I generally am fairly diplomatic. Mm. But, you know, I had an email that said that I was, a cyber, you know, cyberbullying someone who was a, a page admin. It didn't happen. I have no memory of this. No one I know has memory of this. Um, and I was accused of being not supportive supportive of the community, which, you know, when we're talking about writing a blog and something that you do yeah. all the time, you know, that was really upsetting to me. Um, I didn't really get an apology for that, so it is what it is. And also, you know, I'm a noted hater of the Jarrah Forest, <laughs> particularly because it's burnt. Um, and as a result, the bib being a lot of it on Jarrah Forest... Mm. Uh, I think I've I've got a mixed feelings about the bib, as people who have maybe heard Northcliffe to Walpole would know. But then I also love the bib if you listen to something like Walpole to Denmark. Mm. But um, I recently wrote something that I said that the facilities on the Hakea Trail were better than the bib. And I got a message saying, why are you always slagging off the bib facilities? And I went, are you serious? I've, like, if you read the overview of the Bibbleman track on my page, I, you know, I, I comment about the things that I don't like about the track, like the Jarrah Forest or the fact that a lot of it's on vehicle tra- trails and there's all these things that are, you know, not not the best parts. But I never have complained the facilities are crap on the Bib. You know, mm. I think of any long distance trail, you, you'll be hard pressed to find one with better facilities anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, so... That was a really interesting challenge to have that, you know, come into me. Um, I wasn't polite in my response. I think I was very uh, curt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, you know, I think that that I think the comment crossed the line, so I didn't hold back. Mm. Uh, have you had anything? Not that I can remember. Um, the worst I've had is someone recently. I did like a Q and A thing on. Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone told me to make the walks. Why aren't your walks easier to find? <laughs> so I responded back very sharply like they're not my walks. 
I'll give you a zoomable map. It's up to you after that. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, um, any positive um, interactions that you can recall? Yeah. So I've had people, you know, write and say that, oh, you know, I felt like I was there with you while, you know, reading about your particular blog mm. or... Um, people have have messaged me and asked for help about things and I've been able to point them in the right direction. Like recently I've had someone um, whose kids are doing the Cape to Cape and they've been asking me for advice and that's been really nice being able to provide that information for people. Mm. So th- those are positives. It's, it's nice when you get people who say, oh, you know, thank you so much for this. Um, it r- really made me feel I was there or made me really want to go do it. Um, those are those are the things that are really nice. So you know, if if people want to comment at the end of the blog, I do read it. I don't always respond, but I do always read in the comments section below a post. Yeah, um, I unfortunately I do read within the next couple of days if I've got a new post. But the way my website is set up, if you comment via Facebook on it, it doesn't show up. Oh, really? <laughs> like it doesn't notify me. So sometimes I'll just be randomly searching through or rereading a post and like seven months later I'll be like, whoops, that kind of seems kind of rude not to respond. Yeah. Um, so if anyone out there has posted a comment on my website, um, sorry if I didn't get back to you, but I just, I don't get notified at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Like you get the occasional email saying, you know, thank you for the blog. It's very helpful. And then asking questions, which I'm always happy to help with. Mm. It's just, Yeah. It's a very friendly community and sometimes people just need like one or two little things clarified and then they're, they're happy to go on their way. Mm. But it is it was interesting. I know I've mentioned this last year um, about being recognized straight away. And oh, it's yeah. now happening because I'm finishing up longer sections of the bib and just my recent trip doing Northcliffe to Walpole on the first night, um, met a guy called Malcolm and I had my Life of Pi shirt on and I, as we were meeting, I you know extended my hand. I'm like, I'm Mark. And then he kind of paused. I was like, oh, <laughs> is there something wrong here? He's like, Mark, oh, from the Life of Pi and Real Trail Talk. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and even on the last day, it was like pouring with rain. I was near Deep River and um, I'd passed the mother of the group and the daughter was walking behind. And I was in my rain gear. I didn't have any logos or anything showing. And she immediately just like, you're Mark from Real Trail Talk. I was just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's the memory because I don't actually post a lot of photos of myself on the website. So um, it's good to to interact with people like that. As much as I kind of shy away from the attention, it is is fun when people recognize you and want to have a chat about hiking. And yeah. Yeah. I seem to be out when there's not a lot of people. But I have been recognized, my voice was recognized when I went to, there was a public forum for, uh, I think it was for the trail strategy. Mm. And I said something and someone came up to me and said, I know you, <laughs> I know you from Real Trail Talk. <laughs> that late night ABC voice. <laughs> it's that Real Trail Talk voice. <laughs> uh, no, but it is like, it's fun answering questions and kind of, I've never really thought about it as like uh, our friend Bonnie jokes that we're hiking personalities, but I never kind of <laughs> think of myself as that. It's just yeah. you you exist, you walk these trails and you just like anyone else. But when people recognize you, it kind of like reminds you that, oh, hang on, like you've got 3,000 plus followers. Mm. 
people are interested in what you do and who you are. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting for sure. And I guess we'll kind of finish with what's in the future for the long ways better and the life of Pi. So I'll let you go first. How long do you envision doing this for? You know, like I think with with the Ministry of Gluttony, I just got bored of it. And there were things that I didn't like about food blogging. I think it's even more trend-based than hiking blogging is. So I got to a point where I just didn't want to do it anymore. Whereas I don't have that feeling with hiking and my list is ever growing and you know I think it will keep going as long as I can keep it going you know I've had moments where I've been really busy with work so like a few about a month ago I was really busy and it it really was hard to maintain a blog while having you know work stresses like that Mm. but yeah I just I can't see an end to it in that sense of, of that there's you know hiking is something I've done for a very long time and I've always been interested in it so I think that I would keep it going for a long time and like Alyssa and I have talked about if we had long service leave of doing a trip around Australia or doing a Europe you know trip depending how much money we had because I think that would that would really decide where we're going to go and if we did you know hiking would be part of that and I just don't know when it ends (laughs) Maybe when some mini adventure dons come along? No, because that's the thing I've said to Alyssa. I said, you know, like if we have mini adventure dons, yes, so, you know, in the short term, maybe our hiking adventures, like doing a multi day, might be out of the question. But then I've saved walks that I know are okay for that. Like I've saved, um, like the Green Gully track. I know it's terrain wise, it's quite difficult, Mm. but you can have the huts to yourself the whole time. So I've, that's something that we've always sort of had in the back burner as something we could do like that. Um, you know, I've, I've read of people doing the three capes with the baby. Mm. So these are things that we've, we've thought about, you know, like I've got these trails that are like, okay, so if this happens, this is what we're going to do. Um, or we do a lot of day hikes. We go to places where it's mostly day hikes, but uh, you know, I do not want that to be a hindrance and I've seen enough things online and we, we met a couple when we did the um, the Bibbleman and we went to Donnelly River Village and they went to South America with the baby and did a lot of trekking. Mm. And I think it's possible if you really want it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing at the moment uh, Don as Zach Galifianakis <laughs> in the hangover because you already have the arm pack, so you're used to the weight on the front and then you just have a baby strapped to Yeah, you that's right. <laughs> with uh, some of your sunglasses on and like a little beanie maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think I see an end to it. In that. Yes, there probably will be a slowdown if that happens. Mm. Um, but... An end? No, I don't think so. How about yourself? Yeah, for the time being, I don't see an end. Like, I have enough on my plate that I could probably quite easily sustain this pace um, until maybe 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, Because once I finish the bib, then then that opens up almost every weekend in uh, winter, spring, autumn for me. And then there's, you know, there's overseas trips, there's over east trips that I want to do. And I mean, we've had this discussion many, many times about the opportunity cost of doing one trail over the other. 
yep. is you have finite amount of time in life. What do you want to be spending it doing? And to be honest, you could probably plan from our age through to retirement mm. quite easily on an overseas trip a year or an over a couple of overseas trips a year and be quite happy and have enough content to put onto a website to keep you happy. Yep. And I always enjoy like going back to a trail and photographing it after a you know a fire or you know different seasons like a the last year maybe that only just captured sixty foot falls with water running in it, <laughs> yeah. which actually I haven't updated the website with, but like stuff like that. Whereas you get to see it from a new perspective, and I'd really like to get into the group hiking again. I think that would be a fun thing to do, but again down the line, so. Mm. It would it would probably shift shape a little bit, and I might even get into mountain biking or trail running or something. So not, not dirt bike riding. Not dirt bike riding. <laughs> uh, um, let's finish with one point. Um, if anyone's starting a hiking blog, what advice would you give them? Well, I'd say first of all, don't use Blogspot, even though I use <laughs> Blogspot, <laughs> um, or just be very good at coding be better than I am at coding because mm. <laughs> it's it, it's a challenge. I mean, I think Blogspot is, you know, recognized and is it's fairly easy to start with, but I would suggest not doing it. Um, I think think about your audience as well um, in terms of what you want to do, but then also think about what yourself. Like, don't just think about creating a product. Like, if it's going to be sustainable, it has to be something that you actually enjoy. And... You know, I think that when when I started writing, really, there were not a lot of, like, other than you. I think you were probably, like, the first pioneer of, of the Perth scene. God, that's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> they really, you know, the, yes, there were some people, like, Oz Hiker had stuff, but it was very, very, um, you know, brief and not really informative. And there was a few other people as well who did stuff, but... It didn't last very long. Mm. They were maybe something that were flashed in the pan. Like a year, they really went hard at it and they lost interest. Mm. Um, so just, you know, be prepared for that commitment that, you know, I think doing two posts a week can be quite tiring. And you're going to have lulls because you're going to go through summer unless you're going to every summer go to Tasmania or yeah. something like that. You're going to run out of, of things to do. And, and that's okay because the readership is not there. But then when it is hiking season, it's full on, you know, especially August through October, mm. I feel, is, is like every weekend. So that's what I would say. Um, there's certainly room for more. Like, you know, I think Mark and I have both been very supportive of other bloggers doing things. And I think it's be, it'd be great to have other perspectives out there for sure. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just... Because you see, like, hiking blogs or just even, like, just other blogs just come in and they post a few trails and then they kind of drop off and you don't see them. I think if you're going to start when you're going to be serious about it, I think you have to be consistent. And, like, when I started, I wasn't terribly consistent. I think my first full year I posted maybe 12 trails mm. over the, the autumn to the to spring. But it's just a matter of hanging in there because early doors, you're not going to get anything at all. I mean, even when we started Real Trail Talk, we only have like 600 followers on Facebook and like it's a lot of effort to try and keep something like this going. 
Yeah. And you just have to be prepared for a lot of effort, no reward. Mm. But you'll eventually, like, we both, when we started, had, like, big shares from Trails WA or, like, other big sites that support you and that gives you a good leg up and then people start reading you and they get a feel for your style and you know interact with you a lot more and that helps but you just have to be patient and do it for the love of it i think if you're doing it for likes and hits and page views and everything there's just not a big market out there for hiking in wa to be able to do it but it is a very rewarding community to be to be a part of Mm. i think what you lack from quantity you get in quality yeah i mean i think back to when we did episode 20 of this pod and someone said congratulations very few pods make it to episode 20 yeah and that was nice to know like that we we beat the the statistic you know (laughs) i mean even though listenership has dropped off a little bit not significantly but like you're just doing it for fun and you're never going to, like, as we discussed, you're never going to make money out of it unless you're constantly pushing everything or you have really, really good contacts. You're just doing it for the love of it. And yeah. I think that kind of, it shows through in, in both what we do is if you, like, I, I costed my website the other day on, like, the back of a napkin. It's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars if you add up developer fees, commercial rates for photography writing fees that kind of stuff so if like a government came along and said we want this kind of quality over (laughs) this quantity your effort is it's a lot yeah so you have to be prepared to do that for free as well Mm. and you know you're gonna have you know, listen, I have had arguments about how much time you've spent on the blog. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be prepared for <laughs> that yeah. level of passion. Especially if you work full time, it's it's not just you come home and then you spend an hour on the blog. It's sometimes you're editing photos for three, four hours a night. Yeah. Then writing up the next night. And Kara says, you're always on the computer, always in the office. I was like, yeah, but like I don't watch TV. I don't really do much like uh, i enjoyed watching a tv show and every now and then but i won't sit in front of the tv just mindlessly i want to be doing something i enjoy and that's listening to music and editing photos and writing up and like uh, you just want to make a good product a good experience so that has to drive you not anything else for sure so i guess that's kind of hiking blogging in perth 101 yeah. <laughs> we've gone through and a bit of kind of an insight into the world and what ticks over for both of us and how content gets from basically planning to the end yeah for sure bit of a behind the scenes view that you know i think a lot of you know i think when you mentioned it to me i was kind of i was i thought it was an intriguing idea because we've we've never really talked about it mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I hope that people found that interesting and different. Yeah. I hope people understand kind of the work that goes into it. And like, we, we don't do it for money. We do it for fun and Mm. we enjoy when people get a kick out of it. So if you do interact and like, and comment and, you know, email, we, we love to hear from people. So we'd love to hear from anyone out there. Yep. And if you want to start your blog, I'm going to steal Mark's line. Go out and experience it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. And if you actually are serious about doing it, Don and I are more than happy to help out and share. And I mean, Yeah, we, for we're, sure. 
when there's a new one come along we always give it a share and yep. are interested in what's going on yeah for sure i've never ever thought of anyone as like competition yeah i mean we wouldn't be doing this pod together if yeah. you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for listening um this has been our pod about blog writing if you had any questions about this episode or any other episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. We always check this stuff. Um, and if you've enjoyed this episode and other episodes, please give us a rating on iTunes, which may not exist very soon. Really? Yeah, they're going to get rid of it, but, ah. but we'll, we'll become something else. Okay. <laughs> uh, on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify, and all the other ones that we're on, because Mark has added us, added us to everything now, apparently. Yeah, Stitcher as well. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, so, you know, th- those things really help us um, and let us know that we're doing a job that you enjoy. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, happy trails.